This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am here with Jeremy, the CEO of Library. What's up, man? Hey, man. Great to be here with you, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks for coming. We're in some random uh, office room in, in the financial district. I just did the quick Google, like, where's a room that's not going to be too loud or too echoey? So it seems okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I really wanted to talk to you about what it is that you're doing, uh, but I think it's best if you just... I give the quick marketing pitch. And remember that most of the people watching this are going to be nerds, and I obviously mean that with love. But uh, So, you know, you could skip any of the fodder and just, like, what what is library about? Yeah, so first, I mean, great to be speaking with my people. Uh, so yeah. I'd say I'm unequivocally a nerd myself. Uh, so library is about, um, you know, I actually think it's very relevant to what's what's been going on in the world today because we're seeing big tech cracking down more and more uh, on... Uh, people being able to share things freely with one another. And mm -hmm. I think that's an issue that's absolutely affected the video game industry um, as well. Mm -hmm. And so what Library is about uh, is uh, about making it free for anyone in the world to publish something and anyone else in the world can consume it and disintermediating the entire thing. Um, so I tell my mom that we're trying to make YouTube but without the Google. Uh, although it's bigger than YouTube, it's, it can be video games, it can be anything. So think any digital publishing, anyone else in the world can publish it, anyone else in the world can consume it. But we've done the entire thing as a protocol mm -hmm. rather than a platform, right? Okay. So the distinction there is protocols are HTTP, SMTP, which does our email. It means that we are in control because we can switch providers, right? Mm -hmm. Gmail is not a jerk because if they get too big, too big of a jerk, you switch. You take all your email with you, you leave. Mm -hmm. Whereas Facebook, these other places, YouTube, they lock you in. Mm -hmm. Right, they're nice to you at first, and then they kind of become jerks. Mm -hmm. So the idea is, we're tying our own hands up front. We're building a protocol. Everything is open source. Uh, when we use blockchain technology to do this, mm -hmm. and uh, it's basically, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's what I said. Anyone in the world can publish something. Anyone else in the world can find it and can, can consume it. But we, as a company, we're not the ones distributing it. We're not the ones controlling it. We've made it as a technology with clear rules that everyone, you know, anyone can can use and follow, just like SMTP, just like HTTP. Mm -hmm. So from a, a user standpoint, I've been using it for a couple months now, yeah. um, and I've tried to upload. I did the auto sync, so it synced my whole YouTube channel, and I've been uploading individually there. And from like a you know a hands off point of view, it's an app that you have to download, um, sign up for it. I mean, just like everything else. And then I was able to just upload my video and description tags and all that, just like you know, just like everything else. And then you could play back through the uh, the app, or you could actually download the videos that you watch locally and I think I have mine set to automatically do that so it's a download and not a stream yeah which that alone would be helpful just for people that have bad internet connections or people that just want to take their stuff on the go that's just, that's just right. off the subway here I would have loved to have a video saved on it easily you yeah. know so I kind of because I am a nerd I started jumping into all the the tech jargon about it but from a user experience perspective you know we want it to match 
the way that things work on the traditional web, on the sort of centralized web. Mm -hmm. And so we want that experience to be very user friendly. You don't, we, we don't want you to have to know about blockchain and all the complexities that are about that. So, you know, we, um, in fact, there's a welcome message when you start running the app that um, libraries like, uh, I think it says like libraries like dating a centaur. It's normal up top, but way, <laughs> way weirder <laughs> underneath. Uh, and that's the idea. So we want that user experience to be just like you're on the internet. But what's happening, like when you click that play button, what's happening versus when you click that play button on YouTube, mm -hmm. totally different. Yeah. Totally different. So can you explain a little bit about that then? Yeah. So um, what happens, and, and, and since this is um, uh, a, a nerdy community, I'm going to guess they're probably familiar with peer-to-peer -peer technologies like, like BitTorrent. Um, I'm gonna guess they're also like loosely familiar with blockchain, but feel free to drill out, drill in, or uh, if I'm, I'll be jumping yeah. in with those yeah, questions yeah. when needed. Um, but basically, a blockchain is a, a what a blockchain is first and foremost is a database, mm -hmm. and it's a database. What's different about it from other databases is um, every other database, one company, one authority, or or an enumerated number of them is a, a, a distinct number. They control what's in the database. With blockchain, anyone can put stuff in the database, and no one's in control over it. Mm -hmm. So what we said is, let's take a blockchain, let's use that blockchain as a register of what content exists. Uh, and that includes things like identities, so you can have identities, but basically the metadata about the content, the title, who created it, what year did it come out, what could be what actors are in the film, right? Mm -hmm. that you can find Hollywood films on, online with. Um, we take that metadata, we put it in the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Included in, in the metadata is a pointer to a, tradition, to a, to a BitTorrent-like peer-to-peer network. Mm -hmm. So when you click that publish button, that metadata is written to the blockchain, which basically makes it immutable. Um, anyone else in the world can find it, can look it up, and then can use that entry to the peer-to-peer -peer network, which is where the content is actually coming from. So the blockchain itself sto stores all of the info about the files, and then the files themselves are stored on a different server of yours? Uh, not of ours. It's actually the users themselves. So all of the, you know, there, are, uh, you know, there are tens of thousands of people running library software, and when you go out and when you click that button, it's actually fetching it from other people. And when you're running the software, you're helping those people as well. So if you upload a video um, and then you delete the video off your hard drive or unplug your hard drive, what happens to it then? So if you did it fast enough, uh, you probably could success. It, it wouldn't be discoverable. But basically, when you click that publish button, it does this initial broadcast that, that sort of tells other nodes, hey, that I just published this. And, uh, and those, some of those nodes will try to get it right away. So the idea is if you do publish and turn off your computer, it's not, even if no, you know, it's going to, some, some nodes are going to try to grab it, like, right when you hit that button. So as long okay. as there's been enough time for them to, to suck down enough parts of it. But if you clicked publish on like a one gigabyte file and turned your computer off you know, two seconds afterwards, yeah, it would, it would go away. So what are those nodes? Are those other people that just have their software running that, or is it something you guys provide the, to keep it going? And the, yeah, they're, they're, a lot of them are uh, other people. We have a lot of community enthusiasts. We do run a small number of nodes just to, to help the network, but the vast majority of the nodes are not ours. Okay. Um, so, I mean, if somebody really wanted to host content safely and securely, they would probably have their own computer running somewhere or just an AWS server running library and all of their, you know, use that as their archive then, right? Yeah, totally. And if you're, if, uh, if you're, uh, if you're an IT guy or you're on the technical side and you like that, you're the kind of guy who's comfortable on the command line and wants to do all this, um, we have a website, lbry.tech, which mm -hmm. is separate from our lbry.com, which is more of the consumer mm -hmm. portal. But if you want to drill into the tech, uh, and, and do command line stuff and, and all of that stuff, um, library.tech is a great great place to go. And all of our stuff is open source um, and publicly. You can see, read the source code for how it all works, mm -hmm. uh, well documented and all that. 
So, um, I mean, and that's one of the things that I could definitely attest to is the, the support that you guys have are great. Um, you know, and that's, you know, anytime you have a new thing starting out, it can't be perfect, it's impossible. But how people react to that is what keeps people coming back to your platform. So you get a Discord channel, which is probably the best way to get support through your platform, I think. But email works as well and other stuff. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of fun to see the evolution of this. Uh, you know, how long have you how long has this been active and running? Uh, well, the um, the blockchain launched. We're coming up on the three year anniversary of the launch of the blockchain. When the blockchain launched, though, there wasn't even a graphical interface for uh, mm -hmm. consuming the content. So, it you know it started uh, kind of the traditional story. It started with two guys hacking, uh, and then it was five guys hacking, and you mm -hmm. know now it's uh, probably had over a hundred people contribute code to library in one form or another last year. So um, how, how that content is consumed is a big roadblock for non-nerds, even me for convenience as well. Do you guys plan on having things like apps on Apple TV and on other stuff for it? Or? Yeah, so um, we actually, are, we just put, our mobile app is still a beta, but it is now like released, so you don't have to add, do the special flag in the store to be able to download it. So we do have an Android app. Um, we actually have a, a, a web app um, coming out very soon. That's going to be at library.tv, lbry.tv. Um, and so that that will be a web version. So you could use your browser to view the content rather than uh, just the uh, the app itself. I, I've been using that. That's been I, I've been watching it go through its steps. So it's much more solid today. It's getting there. It's close. Yeah. Thanks. And the next update, the one that we're gonna have a release coming out either next week or the week after. It's gonna be one of the biggest changes yet. Um, mm -hmm. Really improves discovery uh, in terms of finding new stuff uh, and mm -hmm. things like that. Because I think, you know, communities aside, there's always people that, that just get used to something. I don't mean this negatively, but you're in the YouTube app. You already have three people that you follow. Like, it's easy to find. But when it comes to things that, um, that you want to seek that content out, like, oh, I hear this new video about that thing. I don't think anybody cares anymore as long as it's easy to get to. Yeah. So having a second app to open that's free, I don't think anybody cares about. I just... It's one of those things where like, if you had to fire open a command prompt to watch a video, I've been doing DOS since I was four years old, I would say, forget that. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. I put my dues in. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, one of the things we wanted to do, um, because you know, we could have built a web version first, right? We could have mm -hmm. said we're just gonna make a website first. But the problem is, when you build a website, you still have all those same limitations and all those same restrictions. Right. We're, we're now in the place of being another YouTuber, being another Facebook, and while you know, I would like to hope that I, as long as I'm running the company, we don't do some of the things that they do. Mm -hmm. There's never a guarantee with that. And so, we, you know, we had to get the technology working first for real, in right. that real sense. And you can only do that when it's a, an app. And now we can release the web version. And, and, and then the subsequent apps. Yeah, in, yeah. in my personal opinion, stuff like that is the right way to do it. Because yeah. if you launch the easy way to get to it first with any bugs, yeah. you're gonna people will write it off immediately. Let, you know, let us nerds test for you first, and then when it's ready for the general public, yeah. you know, make the easy, your grandma can load this app type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and if you're the kind of person who likes to give feedback, who likes to take things apart, mm -hmm. great person to check it out. Big, big thanks to the nerds who came before you as well, because uh, it was way worse software two years ago than it is now. Yeah. So the um, the thing that I think will interest most people, and maybe I should have led with this or something, is I believe that you don't mess with the videos at all. The quality that you upload is the quality that you get, correct? Completely correct, yeah. Now, of course, this is up to the content provider. Hopefully, people will be smart enough to realize that you should be... You know, uh, not to bug out on uh, Adobe Premiere stuff, but you know, bounce it and render it uncompressed. Then you use Handbrake to compress it, which is a trick John Lindemann taught me. Your videos actually get better 
but also smaller. So you have a much clearer video that's a third of the size. So hopefully people will remember that. But the, the point of me saying this is, I have so many videos that I put so much effort into, and I put them up on YouTube and they're garbage. And I've come to find out over the past couple of years that YouTube doesn't tell you, but they treat different people's accounts differently. And we've proved it. A friend of mine and I, who has a much bigger channel, uploaded the same video at the same time. And he gave it some days just to make sure. Four days later, there's one like solid blue sky in mine that's all compressed and garbly. And on his, it's clear. Wow. I, even I, and I, I'm someone who's basically part of my job is to hate on YouTube. And really? I didn't know that. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> so, that's thank you. The, I mean, this is kind of a one-off thing, right? I noticed in some one test I was doing over and over, like, why does it always look like shit? And when he uploaded a, the same scene on his video, that same day I went up and re-uploaded mine to double-check, and that's how we figured it out. Was Now, maybe it's just blue. Maybe it's just, you know, the way I, I compressed it or something. But we, we render and compress the exact same way. So it's, you know, we, I tried to get it. I'd love to run the test a couple of times to see, but that, that's insane to me. You know, I put 50 hours into something and the whole point of the video is comparing two things and they both look the same in the video on a 4K TV. It's like... Yeah, and, and yeah. just, you know, the thing is like, be honest. You know, so, you know, that's, at least for me, that's mm -hmm. what bothers me the most about a lot of this stuff. It's like, they're just, they're just not honest about it. Like, I mean, one thing they're right. saying up front, like, okay, you know, if you have this many subscribers, we're going to give you this quality and if you have this many, you're going to get this quality. But it's this hidden thing. Yeah, just, I mean, just the honesty alone, I would have said, well, all right, that's fine. I'll make the video slightly different and then post still pictures for people to download. Yeah. But not knowing, not knowing, in the weird, you know, anytime you have a bigger company, there's always that looming sense of like, you know, big brother, the evil company. But there's so many things that they, any company could be doing to alleviate that. And I don't, I certainly don't get that feeling. Yeah, I, I think... I don't know. It's tough. You know, I, I try to have as much empathy as I can to understand other people's perspectives. But it's just, it's so weird to me to think that like I want other people to make choices for me about what I I can and cannot watch. Like mm -hmm. I, I, can, I definitely understand, and we're very sensitive about. It. We're not. We don't want to put like objectionable stuff in, in people's faces, and we don't. You know, we think people should be able to see, you know, have have the space that's curated. Mm -hmm. But to say like. You know, I want this other company to like choose what I can and can't see, or I want this company to like choose for other people what they can. It's just, I don't know. It's very, very alien. So that brings yeah. up the the hard question, and you know, the one the one enemy of anybody on YouTube is the algorithm. Yeah. You know, did my title was my title okay? Did, yeah. Did the thumbnail scan the right way on their system? And it's it's insane to me that somebody's video could be chosen based on nothing that matters. Yeah. How is that implemented in library? How do you, you know, the recommended videos, I mean, things like sponsorship, that seems totally fair. Somebody, right. If somebody pays to say, hey, put me a sponsor, that, that makes sense. You gotta be a business. Right. But how does the rest of it go? Great question, great question. Um, so it's clear, and as you're saying, it's very clear that um, YouTube has their thumb on the scales. So mm -hmm. there's, they say, oh, you know, we want to prefer um, these creators. We don't want to prefer these others. And they kind of, and, and that's, again, that's the, what's most Orwellian about it. Like, I don't, I, if they just said, like, look, we think your stuff's bad for people and we're going to weight your views at 10%. So you're only going to show up in trending if you're super popular. Mm -hmm. But what, instead what they do is they have these secret lists about, oh, this content's good, this content's bad. And they don't, and they hide it all. Yeah. So we don't, we don't want to be like that. Um, right now, actually, uh, so the, uh, let me actually explain how it's going to work in the very next version because, okay. as I was saying, discovery is changing a lot. So in the very next version, um, there, the basically there will be the it, it's going to be measured. The trending stuff will be measured strictly by, uh, well, actually, it's a mix of views and 
uh, donations or okay. pay, or payments, mm -hmm. um, right? Because if people are willing to tip and pay a creator, I think that says something beyond um, views. So if somebody's getting a lot of tips, that means that it's a very appreciated video, so that will get bumped up in how your algorithm works to, to feature. That seems fair. Exactly. Um, but this stuff, um, when we when we release this update, we'll. we'll share the exact algorithm mm -hmm. but the beauty of all of this is it's all open source yeah because right. it's open source yeah you, it's nice if you share it but people could just read it anyway if they really want to dig into it yes and and if someone you know because the worst part about these services is like they lock you in and then they change stuff and then you're screwed whereas if you know it since it's open source if you if someone if 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 someone if people if we let's suppose we change our trending algorithm and we did something stupid and, and jerky with it mm -hmm. well someone can just fork the client and make a client with the trending algorithm that other people prefer or people can have you know there can be 10 different trending algorithms and people can choose which one they want you know you know i didn't even think about that but uh people with large enough communities meaning i just anything over two i guess would could make their own fork of that that still pulls off the same library. So if you wanted a retro TV library app, you could kind of make one and still, am I, am I gathering it right Yeah, that's or? completely true. If you wanted to take, I mean, it, and you could even take our code base and you mm. could fork it and you could say, only show content from this channel. You could replace our logo with the, and now you have a retro RGB app that only shows retro RGB content. That's funny. Yeah. And it's still based on your, uh, on your blockchain and everything else that's going through? Right, yeah. And we're happy to, we're 100% in favor uh, of supporting that kind of thing. So signing up, um, you know, once again, it, anything new, it's got to be, take, takes a while to smooth out. So I'm certainly not, uh, I don't, I'm not complaining. Yeah. But is it free to sign up? What's the LBC? Like, could you explain how all of that stuff works? Yeah, so it's totally free to sign up. And right now, um, uh, well, I mean, honestly, even the concept of signing up is a little bit weird in blockchain land. Like, actually, when you're, quote, signing up and putting in your email, you're actually getting that email to us. Like, that email isn't being written to the blockchain. Like, that's just so we as a company can... Uh, you know, hopefully send you messages that you appreciate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can unsubscribe at any time and we don't send your email. Uh, but uh, yeah, like when you, the actual like account creation is when you create that channel and that's a signed identity that's on the blockchain that you control, you have the key for, we don't have the key. Mm -hmm. We couldn't change what you've put up there. You know, we couldn't, we couldn't do any of that. In terms of the step when you first run it, and it's entirely optional by the way, you can run it and not give us your email and we won't know about you and what you're doing. And that's fine, because that should be your choice. Mm -hmm. um, if you do choose to give us your email, we'll give you some, um, some cryptocurrency, some blockchain tokens mm -hmm. um, for doing that. Because you're, you know, quit a little, you scratch our back, we scratch yours. So if you're a new user, you give us your email and we'll give you some LBC to get you started and, and so, you, so you can use the app. And that is the case. So because everything is being written to a blockchain, blockchains aren't free. Um, right now, so it is, I mean, it's, we're talking about very small costs. If, if, if you publish right now, I think we're talking about one thousandth of a dollar <laughs> uh, <laughs> to perform a publish. So pretty affordable, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but it is, from a technical perspective, not literally free to publish. So I'm still a little confused about what is LBC. It's it's a blockchain token, just like so. Library is its own blockchain, okay. right? Uh, and that's the token. So the same way that BTC is Bitcoin, right? LBC is just the token that's for the library blockchain. And that's only tradable throughout library, right? Uh, you can trade it on third-party exchanges and other places that people do that kind of thing. But yes, the idea is the token is designed to be used in the app. Um, and we do also offer, um, um, for verified creators, uh, we will um, facilitate uh, cashing out of that token. Interesting. So... Uh, 
no one needs to have knowledge of cryptocurrency to go into this, but it might help understanding and how ever tips yeah, and payments work. Yeah, and our, our goal, and I'm, I'm not going to, so I think we've done a better job with this than, than any other DApp, decentralized app that mm -hmm. I've seen, so blockchain-based apps, DApps. But our goal is like, look, good technology is supposed to be invisible. Mm -hmm. like, and, and so many people that are into blockchain like, like it for the sake of itself. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's great, but like, we want the blockchain piece to be as invisible as possible. Right now, it's still poking out a little bit. You know, like you're going to notice, hey, this takes longer than it should or, you know, or whatever. But like, we want it to think, you, know, you think of it as having you know, eventually as, as something like, you know, um, I don't know, like eh, karma is the bad term for it because it has like financial value, but, but something like that where like you don't have to know that it's a blockchain, right? You have mm -hmm. 37 points, and if you wanted to turn those points into dollars, you know, you could get that many for it. But like we don't want you to have – any time you have to know that there's a blockchain behind this is actually, in my view, a failure on, on our part. Yeah, I certainly don't want to digress too much, but we do have a mutual friend that's uh, also involved in crypto that I'm brutal to all the time. Every time he makes a reference, it's like – Oh yeah. Well, how am I going to do that? Explain yeah. this to me then. Well, yeah. You just oh right, right. You just it, need to know all this other stuff first. Right, right. So it's good that you're aiming to skip all that. Um, and I do hope that the whole crypto community gets starts to. It reminds me of the Linux community. If we ever, I tried learning Linux a bunch of times. I got Linux for dummies. And as soon as you get to chapter three, it automatically assumes that you know stuff that weren't in chapter one and two. And it's like yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I, and I'm a Linux user. I've been using Linux mm -hmm. for twenty years longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, 20 years um, and and it's come a long way um, but <laughs> but it's still um, too much of that is is still there and and part of the problem is you get people in these I mean they're great people um, but sometimes some of these people they like they're into the tech and they don't understand why other people you know don't want to learn about it or right. don't you know and 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 because it's so natural and easy for them it doesn't come right. to the front of their minds that this isn't going to be you know easy for other people and as i said i we're definitely not where we want to be in that regard but that is absolutely our thought process is like make this as like frictionless user-friendly you know we want it to pass the mom test mm -hmm. uh, so so just in case i wasn't clear to anybody listening that's not that it's not familiar yet at the moment you don't need any crypto knowledge at all i could vouch for that it's it's very much like learning any new app it takes just a few minutes um, I'm just really talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, yeah. like, how do you tip other people? How do you know? Uh, uh, you could choose to charge people to watch videos or just put it for free. I, right. I always just would rather have everything for free. Yeah. But uh, all right, and that's just something that you guys are going to kind of keep closely integrated with that in the future, and make uh, hopefully make it a little bit easier to for people to go through and understand. Yeah, the the sort of. Honestly, in terms of making it easier to get in and out of crypto, the primary barriers there are regulatory, not technical. Oh, right. So, yeah. like, to build, like, I had an idea of what we wanted to, um, the services we wanted to provide there, and I brought it to our lawyers, and they said, $5 million minimum. And I said, we're going to wait on that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I guess that's another, it's kind of a neat thing in building a community, too, though. If you have stuff, I mean, it's, in one way, you almost have to think of it as monopoly money, but in the other way, it's like it's still a start, and it's still something where you know it's a you could tip somebody with LBC, and it's still a nice gesture, and you know, it, you're getting the ball rolling before you have to worry about anything else. So yeah, you guys are certainly on the right track. For yeah, that. and we have inside of the we have a, oh you know what actually I should um, since we're asking about first run and, and all that stuff I think I'll just go ahead and 
and um, we should give a unique code for people who, who come on from this video. Mm. Um, so let's say that if you use the code, uh, there's, if you run the app, there, you can go into a rewards area and enter a custom code. For anyone watching this video, I'm gonna make the code uh, RetroRGB937, uh, and you'll be able to download that <laughs> and use that code and get a, a, a bonus welcome beyond that of everyone else uh, because you found it, found it through this Thank show. you very much, that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh, I was going to say, oh, I was, what else was I going to say about that? Um, I don't recall. So Tipping, speak. payments, trading, smoothing out the experience. I guess where we left. Yeah, we, I mean, we yeah. do want to continue to, to smooth out the ability to onboard and offboard, but as I said, that's... That's, yeah, that's yeah, out of your hands. limited right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, with stuff like this, it just takes more people to jump on and more people's perspectives. Oh, I remember what I was So we're also looking for, if you're, you know, um, we have this sort of like, we, we call it the swarm program. It's like sub clusters and communities of people who care about certain interests. So that could be a geographic region. It could be you're into anime. It could be you're into 70s funk, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and I don't believe we have a retro gaming uh, mm -hmm. group right now but we would love to get that community started and if you're interested in in that if you run the app and you love it and you're into retro video games and you're like I want to do more um, send an email to swarm at library.com mm -hmm. and just say hey I, I heard Jeremy say that on the retro video and I might be interested and, and we'll talk to you um, because we're always looking to engage with people who who know a lot about a certain thing mm -hmm. and get what we're doing because they can curate content about it they can help us talk to creators about it and all mm -hmm. this stuff so when um, now, how does a, uh, something like this handle? Um, I, I don't want to say copyright, but piracy. How does it handle? How what's stopping you from downloading one of my videos, putting a title "Jeremy's How to Use a Super Nintendo" and, and re-uploading it under yours? Yeah. So this is this is a big issue, um, and um, from a legal perspective, um, quite frankly, while we think we've done everything we can, a lot of our laws like they. Laws were written before blockchain existed, and it, they refer to things like service providers. And in a decentralized network, it's like very unclear who a service provider right. is. Um, um, but the short answer, in terms of like what stops that, would be very little. Um, that's basically true today, though, as well, right? When you upload a video, I can download it, I can re-upload it to any other web server mm -hmm. anywhere in the world, right? So we don't claim to solve that problem. Um, in fact, I would make the technical claim that it's an impossible, literally impossible, to, to prevent people who you've given access to view something from making copies of it. Mm -hmm. um, but what we think we can do is make it very clear to consumers and viewers whether or not what they're viewing and accessing is legitimate, right? And whether it was actually by the original creator and whether this creator is who they say they are. So we care about all of those things and we want to do as much as we can there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it is um, probably, uh, in fact, almost certainly impossible um, to prevent people from re-uploading content. I mean, that's, that is the same with YouTube, but there are at least things put in place with some of the other uh, things like automatically, they scan audio automatically so right. that you, know, you could very easily tell if, if certain things are a direct ripoff. Sometimes, of course, then it runs into the whole problem of people claiming things that actually aren't theirs and all that stuff, but <clears throat> excuse me, is there something in place uh, at least so if I see somebody create retro RGB2 and re-upload my stuff, would I be able to flag that or contact somebody? So there's the same thing. So we do receive DMCA takedown requests, and mm. we process those and we validate those. And so we have a register of like essentially these content 
you can think of them as content hashes or URLs. Um, these are, are known to be infringing. Mm -hmm. uh, and users who run unmodified versions of the software who are connecting to it. So one thing that happens when you're running the software, that this is all behind the scenes, but um, we're all nerds here, so I'll explain. Um, you're, you're using what's technically called a wallet server. Mm -hmm. um, this is true whenever you're using, um, well, this is true for most wallet software. You're, you're calling to some other server that has a full copy of the blockchain. So the, those wallet servers that operate legally aren't going to return content mm -hmm. that's known to be infringing and known to be illegal. Okay. Um, that, so that doesn't mean that people who want to operate, like it's, it's not technically impossible to do so, but I think like a default user experience, people who aren't going into their settings and changing stuff, you know, mm -hmm. it, 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 they wouldn't be able to. Okay. And uh, how, how would you handle censorship at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, our, our view, so like the, the thing that's important to remember about library is library is a technology analogous to HTTP or, or SMTP and like even, again, email, um, we don't typically expect our protocol layers to have censorship elements, right? Like you couldn't, there's no, if you couldn't call someone up and say, hey, I don't want HTTP, like stop HTTP from allowing people to download my video, mm -hmm. right? Like you don't expect the protocol to do that. We solve mm -hmm. it at the layer above the protocol, right? So we, we solve it at the web layer or the client layer or these kinds of things. And so it's the same kind of analogy here. Mm -hmm. um, so does, can the protocol itself stop these things? The answer is no. Can application experiences be built that, that could stop them for most people? I think the, the answer is yes. Interesting. Um, but our view is, again, is, is like user's choice. So like I don't encourage infringement. I think that people should pay creators. I try to always pay creators. At the same time, I'd be lying if I said I've never committed copyright infringement. Right, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, and, and so to me, it's like, I don't know, at least from a moral perspective, I try, if, it, if it's feasible and reasonable to pay them and comply, I do. And if it's too hard, then I, you know, then I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I mean, yeah. that's, that's reasonable. And it, it, the, the thought of it being a protocol and not, and not the platform, I think that's an easy way to describe it for at least nerds because yeah. you can't censor a protocol you can't censor you know you can't censor email you can't if i if i send you an email that says go screw yourself that you can't you know google might be able to filter that but then i'll just jump on another one and be able to send that right so interesting yeah. but and the other thing about this stuff is like I, you know i think a lot of what youtube is doing is to protect creators and i think that that's so a lot of it's good, but some like it clearly has downsides. You get these flagging campaigns, you get malicious reports, like you get a lot of a lot of you definitely get downsides with those right. upsides. Anytime you have anything that starts to get mainstream, you have people looking to exploit that. And that's you know, when you guys hit a billion users, that'll be you too. It's just there's no there's no way around that in anything in life. But yeah. you know, it's just a matter of how it's reacted to and how your your team deals with that. And I guess that's another question is like at, at the moment, you know, your support's pretty awesome, but how, how are you planning on building that when this platform starts to really grow and spread out? Yeah, um, I mean, so that's a good question. I will say I have experience um, with that. So my, um, actually my background prior to this was, um, uh, and technically it would be a B to B to C SaaS companies. That is we sold software to businesses that then use that software with their mm -hmm. consumers. Mm -hmm. But we fielded technical support requests uh, from from those consumers. So consumers who had trouble with the software mm -hmm. would frequently end up contacting our help desk. Um, so I have I do have experience building support teams, help desks, and that kind of thing. So I do have some sense of it. 
I mean, truthfully, like it's probably unlikely that service doesn't degrade at least a little bit as you grow. Of course. Um, but I, I would like to continue to provide good service for as long as it's remotely feasible. Mm -hmm. I think it's outrageous that these companies like don't let you talk to human beings. Yeah, it's maddening. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's like you're making them like a lot of money, like more right. than enough money that they should you, know, you should be able to talk to someone for five minutes. You know? So I think you need a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube to be able to talk to an actual person. I yeah. could be wrong about that. It could be changing, and it's you know, and this is a problem I have with every big company. Is you know, think about. I mean, I don't need to explain to you, but think about how much support costs. And even think about it in the in terms of how much it costs to employ one just one person, and I would have loved to have ponied up a hundred bucks. If you say you get a half hour, it's a hundred bucks. You could have zero followers, but you get your questions answered. There probably would have been five times in my life that I would have done that yeah. happily. Yeah. Because of things where it's like, I mean, there was one where they linked two payment accounts that one wasn't mine. One was a business that my name was on, but it's a group-owned business. So it was zero help. You can't email. If you do email, you don't get a response. And it's so, so frustrating, like, how opaque it all is. It's like sometimes I've gone through these supports with, like, big tech where it's like, Where's my issue? Is it getting worked on? Has anyone even seen this? And then, like, it will get resolved like three weeks later. But it's like, what? Like, what was? You know, like, right? There's no communication. There's no feedback. So I guess as long as there's a premium tier, because it's one of those things where, like, if you're setting up, there, there's guides you could follow. You can go to the Discord. You can send an email. But as long as there's some way for somebody that needs help to get it, yeah. And it's you know, it's one of those like, I really want to turn my profile link pink. All right, you're not going to pay to do that. Yeah. But if it's like, hey, I'm dying here, I can't do something that's critical to what I'm trying to do, you know, some kind of higher tier support. Yeah. With, the, with the other thing that I think is is um, so big about this, and I'm, I'll, I guess I'm going to get like very mildly political here. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this concept in, in um, politics. I forget the name of the um, author, but there's this um, this idea of uh, exit versus voice in terms of how change happened. Mm -hmm. And so voice is 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 um is it, it can it's democracy it's and when you're at your company and you go to your boss and you say hey boss i think we have i think procedure a has problems and if we changed it it would work a lot better that's voice that's trying to change things from within the system right and then the other way that things change is exit you just mm -hmm. leave your job sucks your boss didn't change the procedure and you go somewhere else right, right. um and so change uh, change in political systems i don't i don't just mean government work is politics right right yeah, yeah. change happens through these two this is two ways of breaking down the way that change happens. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the problems with our, a lot of our technology with Facebook and YouTube and so on, it's all voice. There's the, the ability to exit is limited because they've got, they've, they've, they've got so many people in those systems that if you, by being the person who exits, you get kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. What's different about all this, right? So suppose our support sucks one day. Again, you, you, or suppose we make a software change that no one likes. All this stuff, the ability to exit is so low, right? Like if, if our, if, if we, cause you know, honestly, even who knows where we'll be in the future. Like maybe we'll become a pure technology company and stop releasing apps, mm -hmm. right? Like, cause anyone can make an app, right? Anyone can change anything. Mm -hmm. So, um, this, there's not nearly the same lock-in. And I think that means that support and quality stays a lot higher. 
Yeah, I mean, I can actually see that evolution as a pretty natural thing that might happen. Uh, your, your, your core team is now just supporting people making apps for the library protocol. Therefore, your support stays the same. Now it's up to each sub-app of that, which makes sense. That's right, cool. Right, right. We build. It also doesn't change the content creators, because if your content's already up there, you don't, have, you don't worry about any of this stuff. You guys do all whatever apps you want. Your content's still there, still available from the same URL. So exactly. it's a good part of the blockchain to do that. Exactly. So it's a little bit... You know, to kind of wrap your head around this, it takes a little bit of, of time because we're so used to thinking of these things as like, oh, like Facebook exists in one place and it's Facebook.com. And like the world that we're building is like, you know, you could have a hundred Facebooks that interoperate, you mm -hmm. know, in different, well, we're not trying to be Facebook, but you know, that interoperate in different ways, mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's a really, really powerful idea that, that we're um, kind of just at the beginning of seeing the implications of. So, um, you know, the, the lack of ability to exit is something that, you know, some people like talking about it because they get more, they can make more videos with more views about how they hate YouTube and yeah. they don't really hate it. Yeah. But there are some legitimate concerns that people have, whether it's from video quality to being kept in the dark about everything like we talked about before. But being locked into their monetization and if that's going well for you, it's like, how do you start over? How do you, and on top of that, the way, you know, YouTube rewards quantity and nothing else. Yeah. So the more views you get, the more money you get, period. And how, how is that even, I mean, how is that even approached with library? It's the money you make is based on the people that tip you, right? Or if you charge for a video. Yeah, and then although, so we also have community funds. So basically our company reserved 40% um, of the tokens that will ever exist. Mm -hmm. However, the vast majority of those are designated to be given out to people. So basically, in a, so basically we can reward um, creators for, for making content that mm -hmm. gets a lot of views. We could, um, and, and we have community programs for doing that. Uh, and one of the things that's also, I think, important, and this is the approach that we've been taking is, like, it's really unreasonable to go to a content creator whose whole livelihood is built on top of YouTube and say, stop what you're doing and switch. Mm -hmm. Like, because you, 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 the revenue potential is not going to be there immediately. So you've got this sort of collective action problem where like no one wants to be the first mover because you're disincentivized to be the first you're like I would move but I don't want to move first I'll move I'll move after a hundred thousand other people move right um, or mil or, or 10 million or whatever it might be um, and so one of the approaches that we're taking with creators specifically is saying well you don't have to move right like you can just do both and get the extra revenue from library from the people who are coming on there and yeah, maybe a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, YouTube will keep being a giant jerk and people will keep leaving and you know, maybe it would be viable to actually get off. But we don't ask creators to like stop publishing on other platforms, just publish on library as well. And um, for YouTubers specifically, we have an absolutely seamless way of doing this. So if you're a YouTube creator, you can make everything, you can click one button mm -hmm. and that's at library.com slash YouTube. You can click one button, get a bunch of tokens, never do anything again and your content will be on library. And maybe and you, maybe you'll click that button and you'll forget about it, and 18 months later, and we've actually had this happen with some creators who so started sending the messages, because like, you click the button and that starts the sync process, but then you have to like claim your wallet. And we were sending, we started sending messages to creators like, hey, you have like $3,500 in unclaimed <laughs> funds like sitting here, you might want to come and, and take those. That's funny, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. So it's, I think what it's gonna take for, for anybody who's hosting a video service is a, a paradigm shift in how people look at things. And it's, you know, I, I don't mean to insult anybody, and I'm sure I am by saying this, but I don't, I don't want to be called a YouTuber. I don't like it. And I think a lot of the people that I know that 
to pour their hearts into the content they make. And the, the clicky term now is content creator. I don't mind that at all. It's just when you think of YouTubers, you think of the people that are doing that based only around that community. And it's going to take other people that follow to, to make that change and not really because the content creators that are making a good living aren't going to aren't going to change what they're doing and that's fine if that's that's cool if that's what you're doing but it's just a matter of you know I don't want to I don't want to have to apply for a panel at a conference somewhere and have them say well what's your YouTube community like well I got a website with millions of hits who gives a flying fuck what my YouTube community is like <laughs> right, what right about on. the community of people that have built you know stuff and uh, all around what this group is doing that doesn't have a name. Yeah. And I think that's what it's... It's just going to take more people spreading out for people to realize that the word and the label YouTube doesn't mean anything and is mildly insulting depending on how you're approaching your, your business and what you do. Um, and that's really what I think at least it's going to take to get platforms like Library Up, or protocols like Library Up. Yeah. And, and I certainly would love to help that. And it's, uh, it's just... In talking to you, it's nice to hear somebody that at least understands that there's differences and stuff. And, and you know, it, it, once again, not, not to be insulting, but if your goal is, hey, I want to put out a video a day and, you know, try to get some monetization off of that, that's cool. And hopefully now there's more places that people could reach out to so they're not stuck under that one umbrella. Because it is kind of hard whenever you try to do a change and, the, you know, the one thing that you're stuck under won't let you do it. So I've at least been lucky that I'm still able to just put out my content, but who knows how long that's gonna uh, that's gonna do. Yeah, I think that's all very true. That's possibly such a good point that I had no response. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe one is I think here's one like your audience, the people mm -hmm. who get this on the audience side, right, can also I think help by making it clear that like they don't they don't just watch you, you know, that they consume content from all kinds of places. Maybe that's something that. To help because it's it's great that you're doing it from the creator side. Maybe I don't know I don't know what they could do specifically. But now um, one of the conversations, just a, a lighthearted question I was having in your Discord was about comments. So yeah. uh, a lot of your users wanted your app to turn comments on. A lot of them don't. Most don't care. Most people don't care in general. Most people don't read comments. Whether the commenters don't like you to believe that, but ninety nine percent of the people that watch a video don't even look in the comments. So most watch just you know. You know, half watch anyway. But um, how is that? How would that even work and apply to a blockchain in a protocol like this? Do the comments move with the video, or is it only with the app? Or? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, I can tell you that that's a question we're probably you know at at tens of thousands of words spilled internally discussing very specifically how commenting will work. We actually have a commenting alpha coming in. I wanna. I hope it makes it into the next release. It might be the release behind that. But either way, we're talking six weeks tops before the before the, the alpha comes out. Now the alpha is not the final design, that's why it's an alpha, and we're still kind of resolving a couple of internal questions as to the technical architecture. But there's no, and uh, we're, there's no reason that comments can't also be done decentralized, right? You, you, because it's all just data. A comment is data just like a video is data. So I can attach and say that this, this data, you know, is, a, is essentially a comment on this other data. Um, basically, the, the core question is like, does will the blockchain handle it from a scaling perspective? Mm -hmm. um, but even if you don't put them on the blockchain, you can still put them in a, in a decentralized data network. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's totally basically it's totally possible because a comment is data just like anything so else. So any one of those things is possible. It could end up part of the blockchain. It could end up mashing whatever app you use and whatever you follow. Yeah, the key debate is basically like, will they actually literally be on the blockchain or not? 
Okay. Um, but they're going to be coming one way or another, mm -hmm. uh, and they will be decentralized one way or another. So, I, I still I don't have a solid opinion on comments because I've met you know somebody I'm going to see after this is now a good friend of mine I would have never met if it wasn't for the comments. Can I can I flip the script on on you a little bit and ask ask you? Uh, is that, how do you feel about uh, like do you do you like view counts being public? I'm sure you want to know, not about whether you want to know. Do you like it that everyone who comes on to the video can, can see it? I really don't care. So for me, I'm going to do what I'm going to do no matter what. And I, I mean, I, I'm a rare case where I'm enough of an asshole where I really just, that's, <laughs> that is how I live my life. How I'm talking to you here is yeah. how I talk to you at a bar, yeah. how I would talk to you in my home. That's, and it's, that's how all my content works and my websites, uh, web pages and stuff. So I don't. If I see, I don't care how many people think, you know, I just don't care. Yeah. If I really like something and I make it and other people like it, I don't, it doesn't, it makes no difference to me. But that is a metric that a lot of people, I'm sure, would have an opinion on. And I think people starting out would not want you to see the number. And people who are, who are established would very much. Right, right. So why not add it as a, why not add it as a choice? Yeah, that's a, let the creator choose whether they're public or not. Yeah, and that you know, if you integrate that into the blockchain, that would then permeate where, however people consume it. Yeah, right? now we are we are all about we are all about choice, so that's a mm. very fitting solution for us as a company. Interesting. Yeah, the uh, you know, as long as the choices that are made don't affect the way the content is delivered, because that's the thing. You know, like I was going off on comments. You know, it drives me nuts sometimes that I have to, because in YouTube, right. If you're a new a newcomer, you definitely want to be in the comments all the time, or else you won't make the algorithm. Yeah. And if you have a hundred thousand followers, your comments are going to go to shit most of the time anyway. But on both sides, so it's cool. You let it go. But when you're in this place in the middle, I did an experiment the other day, and I put up a video where, you know, in any kind of inside joke is the biggest sign of an amateur. I know that. But I put up a joke that my followers would get. Uh, and nobody else would, and I disabled the comments because I just didn't want to have to deal with people harassing me for something where they didn't get it. And out of curiosity, I said, you know what, let me try to pay to have this promoted. Let me see what would happen. And it, it got denied. Because you had comments? Because I had comments enabled. And it didn't say it, but I did two the same day. Uh, and that got denied and the other one didn't. And so it just... I still don't know how I feel about comments. I'm going to leave them on because it was just there was too much positivity as a whole that came out of it that far overshadowed any of the negativity. But the fact that I don't have that choice drives me nuts. Why have that choice and pay you to promote it and get denied? That's double slap in the face. So I think as long as you're building this protocol in a way where the choices people make on how they deliver their content don't affect how they could be promoted or monetized, I don't think anybody would care. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy that you know, when you take a step back and you you look at the very basics of I just want to make a video and put it somewhere, you shouldn't have to think about any of these other things. But yeah, it's kind of what we're being forced into these days. And and uh, plus, I mean, one I believe YouTube made a recent change where like they're also expecting, at least in some cases, you to be responsible for the comment, right? Certain have you seen this? I did, yeah. and I think I think that that was badly worded and taken out of context at okay. the same time. And I'm not somebody that defends YouTube, so uh, for hey, me, I would, I for me be, to say this... No, okay, I, I want to yeah. be correct. I want to be, <laughs> be very clear about that. Like, right, like, I do, I somewhat have a professional incentive to bash YouTube, to right, be honest. No, yeah. But I do want to be correct, so if that was not correct, then I don't want to... I, I don't know, I don't know. Okay. I just, when I read the statement and then I read how people were talking about it, my brain went, eh, 
I don't okay. really think that that's exactly. It's okay. like if you talk to somebody that's not 100% fluent in the language you're speaking, sometimes you know, <laughs> what do you mean by that? And you realize like, wait, I don't, I don't speak their language, I don't speak mine, I'll give them a Well, pass, I, will, so. I will consider that comment retracted then. <laughs> and it I will, could very I will, well be true. I'll do some research but. and then and be, be, uh, be clear on, on what's happened before I speak about it. First. But I mean, uh, think about that. Let's just, for the, the sake of argument, let's just say that that was true. And they, they said, I have to be responsible. So if somebody drops a very horrible statement in my comments, I'm still one person running the back end. I'm lucky enough to have some very awesome contributors helping, but we're still, we're still, any one of us can't just leave at the moment. So that would mean that I'd say, all right, well, I got to turn off all comments. I don't have, like, if I had to police every comment, I wouldn't be able to do any of the other things that make money that keep this going. And then if I turn off all the comments, I'm not caught in any of the algorithms. Exactly. And then I can't even pay to promote the important ones. Uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's insane to me. And, and especially, too, the, you know, the, well, I guess that's a different conversation. I was going to say the way, the way videos are uploaded. So the weekly stuff I have, if, if you're not into the retro gaming community, you wouldn't care. And that's totally fine. But the separate ones, the bigger production ones, uh, those are the ones that many people might care about. And there's no way to separate those. There's no button. There's no way to... to there isn't even a printout of how the algorithm is working that week. And at least having library as a protocol, maybe it's just... Now it's just up to us, which is in some ways better, some ways worse. Uh, but being able to just to label things properly and be able to, to promote things a different way, it's kind of kind of an interesting thought on how to, um, how to go about it. Have you talked to any uh, advertising or any people that might want to partner up to work with people and to try to do it in a better way? Yeah, um, I can't get into the specifics at this time because I don't like talking about things that aren't finalized, but it's likely that we will have an advertising partner and advertising as an option before mm -hmm. the end of the year. I want to be clear uh, about that and how it is going to work when we do it because that much we are firm on this right because we're a company as i said that believes in choice mm -hmm. and one of the things that i think is actually ridiculous about youtube is that you're not given a choice as to at least the real choice as to whether or not you want to watch ads um when i watch an ad on mm -hmm. you know i watch one of your videos and youtube shows me that and it depends on the length and and my demographics and all these things but like most of the time you're getting significantly less than a penny for me to spend 30 seconds of my time mm -hmm. waiting for your content to, to start playing. You know, I would much rather pay, I'd rather just give you a penny <laughs> than lose 30 seconds of my life you know, watching an advertisement. Right. Um, now YouTube does let me turn off ads if I give them whatever, $10 a month, mm -hmm. but that's not the cost, right? Uh, and so when we do ads, um, it will be all choices. So you'll get to choose what information you're willing to share with the potential advertiser. Mm -hmm. And that will affect the kinds of ads. You might want to share nothing. It might mean, but if you share nothing, you might have to watch more ads because if advertisers know things about you, that it's worth more to them mm -hmm. to pay. Um, and similarly, if you never want to see an ad, you'll never have to watch an ad. Literally never. But so you'll, so you'll have, but you'll have the choice. And mm -hmm. same as, a, and as a publisher, you won't have to think about it because you'll be able to say, I want two cents for this video, okay, or whatever you want to be targeting, and users will either be able to pay the two cents, or they'll be able to watch an ad, or maybe multiple ads, depending on, again, these how, kinds of how characteristics. The, yeah, how yeah. the content uploader sets it up. Yeah. So. Well, content uploader chooses the price, content viewer chooses, do I want to pay or do I want to watch ads? 
And that's only for paid content. So you'll still always be able to post free videos on the platform. Correct. So that, you know, that brings up something that I, I was blown away in that YouTube started the, the subscribe program. Once Patreon came out, everybody tried ripping off their idea. Did you know that if you pay to subscribe to me on YouTube, you still have to watch ads? The only way to get rid of ads is if you paid the $10 a month to get for, YouTube for premium. premium. Yeah, and it's all ridiculous. And the cuts that they take are absurd. It's absurd. And it shows how much lock-in they have because, like, taking 30, 40... Like, look, what YouTube does... I'm not going to say that it's not technically impressive, but at the same time, like, they're moving a file from place A to place B. Right. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not... It doesn't seem to me that it's something where, like, 50% of the money made needs to go to the guy in the middle. And that's what we're talking about, right? And that's across mediums. That's, like, not just YouTube. That's cable TV companies. That's all of these places. It's, like, you're moving a file from place A to place B, mm -hmm. and you need 30 40 50%. Like, why are these... You know, it shows how locked in these publishers are that they're able to take huge cuts. I mean, because think about... One comparison to think about is, like, think about physical goods. Mm -hmm. It ought to be a lot easier to move digital goods than physical goods. Mm -hmm. But what margin does a seller of physical goods lose when they sell them? Tip right. Typically less than 30% or 40%. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I could go sell physical goods on eBay and I'm going to lose 8%, 10%. Yeah. I haven't used eBay in a while. It's, so it's more than that. Their calculator is off because then okay. there's always hidden stuff in there too. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. The other thing too is, you know, I would, I would always like, if I had the choice, I would like content to be reasonably monetized. Meaning... You know, yes, pay the penny and get rid of it, or, or just watch the ad because I got to make a living. If yeah. I want to continue to do any of the other stuff, I got to do. I got to get paid somewhere. Um, but one of the things that, and it hasn't happened yet, but if somebody sees a Geico ad before my video, it's fine. I don't really care. But if a company like uh, you know, like Pound or Hyperkin bought an ad to go in front of my video, I would be livid because I don't ever want to be sponsored by anything in the, around what I do. Because it, even, if, even if it was something that I wholeheartedly believed in today, what if something came out tomorrow but I'm still showing ads for that other thing on there? It's a conflict of interest and I, don't, I like to be transparent. I like to, I just, I don't like to have that kind of conflict and there's no way there, as far as I know, there's no way to, to go through that yeah. on YouTube. So it's, you know, when you're getting into these talks, uh, yeah, keep that a, in the back of your mind. You know? Keep in mind, yeah. Well, we'd probably, we'd be working with like an ad network or an ad, ad provider. We wouldn't be doing individual like mm -hmm. sponsorship deals. And of course, as a creator, you're welcome to do whatever sponsorship deals, you know, you still have complete control of it and, and you're not going to get in trouble for maybe some of the things that you might get in trouble for on on youtube yeah i mean that, that's uh, yeah uh, being a protocol you don't really have yeah. to worry about that as well yeah. and it's I, I do i do believe in free speech and i do believe that if somebody says something really stupid you should just not listen yeah i've seen that i've physically seen that before within i don't even want to get into the details but there was a bunch of idiots protesting years ago and nobody paid attention. They were in the center green in the town I lived in. People were walking by like they weren't even there. They weren't in the paper, and it never happened again. Yeah, and that's and that's the right response. And it's unfortunate that like, I think what happens is people get so annoyed by these things, but in their annoyance and in their desire to do something about it, they end up amplifying their microphone. Right. Honestly, even like what just happened with YouTube, like, like. Even if, if you thought what Steven Crowder was doing was like legitimately bad and wrong and he legitimately deserved punishment, if that's your perspective, mm -hmm. it's not what happened. Like, yes, he, he may have gotten punished, but he's going to come out 
stronger, with more money, with more allies, with a bigger audience and more viewers. So like the people who, it, it, you know, maybe they didn't want that. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe they're fine with that because they got the attention that they wanted. But if their goal was to reduce Steven Crowder, Steven Crowder's impact, I don't think that's going to be the outcome of what happened. People don't look at it that way. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny to, to see things like this unfold. And it's also funny to see how people try to use that against them. And I'm kind of wondering, I don't know, I don't even know if I want to get into this, but like uh, when people started having a problem with Patreon, all these other things popped up. And I said, I made the decision of, well, I don't, I don't side with anybody. I'm down the middle on everything. I'm just my own pig-headed asshole that has my own views on things. I don't have a side ever. So I'm just going to sign them up for all of them. And if you don't like this one, that's cool. Quit and, and sign up over here. I'm happy and appreciative no matter what it is. And a bunch of other people I know followed suit. They're like, oh, that's a good idea, you know. And immediately one of them went over to a different support platform and a group of people, probably just because they thought it was funny for no other reason, said, that's where all the Nazis are going. Does that mean they're Nazis? And lucky enough, they have a big enough following where people are like, you're a fucking idiot. Get you know, yeah. like, ignore these people. But what if they didn't? What if they didn't have a big enough following and people just thought... Uh, have you have you run into that yet? Where people who are like, well, I don't, you know, I believe truly in what I say. It doesn't matter if it's stupid or not. I want to put it somewhere, and then people try to blame you for that. Well, I, I mean, so we haven't gotten a ton of this yet, but it definitely has happened, um, mainly on social media. Like, I mean, we, I've seen threads where it's like, you know, we say like we believe, basically, we believe in free speech, and the response is like, so you're a Nazi then, you know? And right. it's like, I'm like I, don't, I don't understand. You know that that viewpoint. It doesn't even matter what it, what the word is that you said that people don't like. That viewpoint of you're you're terrible and should be chastised for having a strong opinion is hilarious to me because they're doing the exact same thing. They're they're the way they're approaching that is just as pig-headed as the other way. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I feel like I, my only, like, tribal affiliation is, like, people who don't have tribes. Like, because I just... I, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It, it, it just, there's so much space on the earth, like, that there ought to be enough that, like, look, if you want to live a certain way, you should be allowed to do so. And, like, there's enough space that you should, you know, we should be able to... People should be able to live the way they want to live. And instead, it just feels like there's so many people out there who, like... Not only do they want to live the way that they want to live, they want you to live mm -hmm. the way that they want to live. And that's, that's where, you know, it's, it's way over the line for me. Yeah. And, and it makes no difference what you're talking about. You're talking about what's your favorite flavor ice cream. Yeah. If somebody tells you that you're not allowed to say that, that's when I immediately step away. Like, you're an idiot. I don't want to hear anything that you have to say anymore. It doesn't, you know, it, it's just kind of funny. And it's good that people are recognizing that. And I do, I do understand when when larger companies are put under pressure like that. Like, I don't know if you heard uh, the, the team of people Jack Dorsey brought onto Joe Rogan a couple months ago. Uh, the journalist was there, started to drive his point home a little too much where, where it was annoying, but it was kind of funny to see their opinion on, they never said it, but they're like, well, this is our platform, we're going to dictate what we want on it. But they never said it. Yeah. If they just said it, like, look, it's our platform, it's free, we don't charge you, so follow our rules or get off, that's fine. And but they didn't even do that. Back to the hidden algorithm, back to everything else. Yeah. So having an open source protocol where everything's laid out on the line at least makes things clear. Even if you, even if somebody makes an app that that t taps into that protocol, that has their own r weird strict rules. As long as it's still open source, we have to fork you know and keep that open. 
Is that the license you're under? Any forks you have to keep uh, open? It's actually or? not. It's oh. um, so that um, we're MIT licensed, which in 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 my view is uh, this is a hot topic. So if we have free software fans, I, oh, there's we some do. people booing at their <laughs> at their monitors right now. So maybe I shouldn't. Um, say, uh, talk too much about my relative opinion of MIT versus GPL. I support both. Open source is good. Um, in 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 my view, I, you know, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of like the most unrestricted. Well, again, this is it's, how do I say this? A little least contentiously. We went with MIT. MIT means that people can take the code. They can do literally whatever they want with it. So if people wanted to fork it and do a closed source version and modify it, that would be their right to do so. You know, I don't know. Uh, I wish my friend Renee was here. He, he knows all these things. But the um, my opinion on this has always been, you know, if something's open source, but you're putting your money and your team of people and your time into something, and you're trying to you're trying to make your money off of that. I understand that the reasons why you would need that to be closed. I just think that there should be some kind of extra clause, like when you're done with it, it goes open. Yeah. So that's you know, with the retro gaming stuff, a lot of people I know are 100% adopting that just as principle. So they'll make something and they want it to be open source, but they dropped three grand out of their own money, so they'll make 20, and when number 15 is sold, it's open source, and if they never sell the other five, whatever, but, and we're talking about very short periods of time, too. It's yeah. closed source for, for three weeks. Yeah. So, but the the overall attitude of that, you know, no one's ever no one's ever been shamed or looked down upon because everybody's been very cool about it. Like, well, I want this to be a project everybody shares in, but I got to make my two grand back, or else you know, that's not fair. Yeah. So I, I wish there was a I wish there was a protocol in place where people could have a metric for that. Yeah, I think I mean I think that model um, takes makes a, a ton of sense. Um, so I'm a big fan of the like assurance contract, which is Kickstarter. Um, that that model for mm -hmm. content create well not just con I guess video games are content but all kinds of, of, of digital content um, I think it makes a ton of sense as mm. a model. So I mean I think we went through everything. I bugged you with all the questions I had. Um, you know I, my my opinion hasn't changed. I still like the idea of it, but my understanding of how everything's working has certainly grown a lot. Um, was there anything that you wanted to talk about that I'd forgotten to ask? Uh, well, we barely talked about video games, although I don't know if there's any <laughs> any, any specific topic. Uh, I will, I guess, do just do the full plug one more time. Download the um, you can download the app for Android or uh, Windows, OS X, Linux, Library.com. Use code RetroRGB937. Uh, get a special bonus uh, for discovering our app through this video. Thank you again for that. And uh, if you want to go in more than just as a user, Library.Tech is a good tech introduction. You can come into our chat, chat.Library.Com. Mm -hmm. We're on every social media platform, so <laughs> if, whatever, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, um, you can find us and get, get posts from us uh, there. And look, it's, it's pretty easy to, to check it out, so if you want to be part of the world of building a, a world where we have more choices about what we watch, what we consume, if you, if you don't like what's been going on with, with YouTube or, or Facebook or these other kinds of big tech companies, I think Library is a great place to, to come and be a part of our community. Cool. Well, thanks very much for taking the time to meet me. I hope uh, I was able to expose you to a group of people that, uh, that would appreciate it the way that it should be appreciated. So uh, thanks for taking the time, and I'm sure we'll do this again at some point. Same. It was great. Yeah. Thanks.